Hi everyone, welcome to today's workshop uh, on improving your social media game. There's a lot to get through, uh, so it will be relatively fast paced. So yeah, off we go. Uh, if you wanna get in touch with me before or after or during the session, you can use social media to do that. Uh, I think a lot of you are already connected with me already. So um, thanks for that. If you're not, feel free to reach out on any of the social media platforms that are listed there. I know a lot of researchers are on Twitter. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn and I like that. I've also got a YouTube channel. This is being recorded. It'll end up on my YouTube channel. You will get a chance to have a look at it before it goes live. So I encourage you to participate because that shouldn't preclude um, you, you, for example, saying that you don't want your voice or your image online. We've managed to take people out of videos so that we can post it online and still respect people's request for privacy. Uh, I'm on Instagram as well and the usual channels of Facebook, email and um, SMS as well. No problem if you need to leave early, you'll get to see all of it. Like I said, it is being recorded. Uh, you can take photos, you can share this however you like. My only request is that you acknowledge me as the person who has presented this. I'm also acknowledging the people that I have referenced in this. So you'll see that as I go as well. Uh, like I said, we're being recorded. We've got a lot to get through in a short amount of time that often makes me talk quickly. So if that's something that you are finding difficult, if I'm talking way too fast for you to understand, please let me know. You can just open your mic and say stuff. I'm not particularly fussy about people leaving their mic or their video open. In fact, I prefer it, but I also recognize that lots of people like to have their camera off and their um, mic off. So do as you see fit, but feel free to let me know if you missed something or you want me to go back. A bit about me, I started out as a researcher doing a PhD at Monash University, and then I exchanged my lab coat for a suit coat. And now I help researchers answer the question, what next? So in the context of social media, that can be the channel you choose, the content you choose, the strategy you choose. It, there's lots of different variables in social media. So I've got a poll just to learn a little bit more about you. If you've been on one of these before, I'm sure you've seen this poll, uh, but it helps me help you. So if you could just let me know a little bit about yourself via the poll. So a few first year PhD students, a few early career researchers. Great, thanks. Some people submitting shortly, awesome. Good luck with your submission process. So for those of you who are on the call, most of like a majority are early career researchers. So great, thanks for completing the the poll there um so in terms of improving your social media strategy uh, the first thing that i recommend you do is understand your audience so the following slides are all about trying to help you understand your audience there's a lot in here there's a lot of data in here um, so uh, if you want to take a screenshot or note the timestamp on this so you can come back and watch it later uh, feel free to uh, do that. So the first question you need to ask is what's my ideal follower like? So who do I want to follow me on social media? What do I want from them? So or what I would expect them to be. So age, gender, location, profession, relationship status, education status, likes, dislikes, preferred channel, preferred content, when they use social media, where do they use social media? Where are they hoping to get their social media from? 
So all of these things are questions that you should answer in the context of your ideal follower. Now, not all of them are going to be relevant to you. So for example, relationship status might not be relevant to a large number, but then if your type of research focuses on that kind of thing or is involved in that kind of thing, then maybe it's important to you. Um, education status, again, that might not be important, but then if you want to engage other academics, then their education status probably is important. Uh, likes and dislikes uh, are very important because you can start to create content that fits with what they like and dislike. If you don't know their preferred social media channel, then maybe put down your preferred social media channel. If you don't know what their preferred social media content is, maybe put down what you prefer as your social media content. So then you can at least have a strategy that fits with where you want to be in terms of social media and what you want to create in terms of social media. In terms of when they use social media, I'll present some data shortly about uh, when different age groups from different locations use social media. But if you want to answer that question in detail for your specific cohort, I encourage you to treat this like a research project. Um, it's fairly easy to find this information. So I found a lot of this data in the few hours that, that I was awake this morning before I um, started to prepare my presentation. So it's very easy to find all of this information on the internet. Um, spending a little bit of time early on in your process, or even if you're in the middle of, you know, if you've already got your social media channel, spending some time describing your ideal follower is really useful. And then you can pass anything that you might want to put out on social media through this idea of who is my ideal follower. Um, different techniques in the media industry are used to um, help you remember the follower. Some people name their follower. Some people, like the, this idea of my ideal follower sometimes is called an avatar or persona. Um, so you might have a, a persona who is um, researcher Richard, who is an academic. You might have um, layperson Leah, who is the person who is uh, the non-academic you want to engage. Uh, and you might have um, uh, industry Irina, who is the person from industry who you want to engage. And all of those might have different ages, different genders, different locations, different professions that you're trying to engage. And it's okay to have multiple followers or multiple personas um, for your different social media accounts and activities. The next 30 or 40 slides are all data from either Sprout Social or Hootsuite, the global digital 2020 report. Um, these are all publicly available. If you Google Sprout Social report or if you Google Hootsuite, um, we are social report, you'll be able to easily find these data. So um, you might need to zoom in a bit. So in terms of internet users versus population by region, so you can see in the Oceania region, about 71% of us are on the internet. Uh, when you look at North America, it's up at 90%. Uh, they're relatively high. Europe as well is quite high. Various parts of Europe, I should say, in the high 90s as well. So I guess if your ideal follower is located in Eastern Africa, then you're only going to probably access about 24% of the population max. Whereas if your ideal follower is in Australia or in Southeast Asia, then about you'll have a, a you know 70% chance that your follower is actually an internet user.
Uh, and then if we looked at social media, so again, this is versus total population. So previously in Oceania, we had 71% of the population on the internet, and but 64% are on social media or use social media. So you can see there's a bit of a difference between total internet use and social media use, and that is reflected across the world. Um, there are some regions that have massive differences. So you can see North America had internet usage at about 90%, whereas social media usage is at 74%. So these are just useful stats to know who you might engage if you decide to use social media as part of your engagement strategy as a researcher. Um, it's useful to know, I think, that, that everyone has concerns about misinformation and fake news. So if your account can um, leverage a, an authority source, so if you're based at a university, I would say that's an authority source, or even you as a researcher, if you can demonstrate your authority in a field, then that it potentially might be useful to people um, in terms of not being fake news and not having misinformation. Um, and you can see this is broken down by gender and by age. Now, how do people access it? So you can see across the world about half, just over half use mobile phones, just under half use laptops and desktops. Um, some use tablets, some use other devices. I think it is worth noting that the data, excuse me, is um, this is a 2021 report on 2020 data. And so that's probably going to be reflective of a large number of people being in lockdown. So there might be an increase in certain types of usage because of where we were most of 2020. Uh, what do people do online? They watch videos, they watch vlogs, they listen to music and stream, they listen to radio and they watch and they listen to podcasts or watch them. Uh, so if you're not creating content in this space, then perhaps you are missing out on a large portion of the audience. So just be mindful of that. Um, how do people search? Uh, most people use a search engine. There's a large amount of voice happening now, nearly half. Um, as an aside, I found out last week that you can use uh, Google to find my videos and my podcast, which I found really interesting that it was that easy. And I haven't done anything special to set that up. Uh, I guess in some respects, I'm lucky because my name and my brand are somewhat unique. There's not many other Richard Heismans out there. And so asking about my podcast or my video allows you to find that. So again, as a researcher, if you're producing video content and you have a somewhat unique name, then you could potentially have people access your content easily using voice search. Um, and I don't know about you, but I find voice search very um, convenient. If I have a question that I want the answer to, even if I have my, mobile phone in my hand or I'm at my device, I'm often just shouting out to Google and asking the question. Okay, so just a, a deeper look at some of the individual channels. So this is LinkedIn as a total audience in January. So you can see 720 million. Uh, the um, access to an advertising audience, which is probably not relevant to most of you because I'm guessing most of you don't put ads. Um, uh, males and female usage. So you can see it's skewed towards male usage for LinkedIn. 
Um, that's already there. So the profile of the advertising audience. So again, it's a little bit different to the total audience because Hootsuite is specifically interested in advertising, but nonetheless, that's um, probably reflective of LinkedIn overall. And you can see most LinkedIn users or a large proportion of LinkedIn users are in the 25 to 34 age group. Uh, so that's worth noting. You can see that if you're after an older age group, say 55 plus, they're not on there, which probably reflects LinkedIn's positioning as a work-based social media platform. Um, and I'm guessing that's why there's so many 25 to 34 year olds because they're desperate for work, particularly in, the, in response to COVID um, last year. Uh, reach. For different audiences so you can see reach in the us is quite high in india it's quite high um, and china it's quite high so if there's some of the locations you're after um, you know th this is worth noting um, it's also worth noting that linkedin is translated into multiple different languages and that linkedin um, can get through some um, firewalls that or that other um, social media cannot get through. So for example, China blocks a lot of other social media, but not LinkedIn. Um, in terms of the most used platforms, Facebook is the most used, followed by YouTube, then WhatsApp. I'm not sure that I'd consider WhatsApp social media, but nonetheless, it's there. Um, Facebook Messenger is an interesting beast. You can have a lot of, and we'll talk about scheduling later, you can have a lot of scheduling tools that make use of Facebook Messenger. You can also have a lot of chatbots that make use of Facebook Messenger. So there's some interesting overlap between the, um, how you can automate stuff on Facebook Messenger. Um, what are people using for video streaming? So you can see um, social media, it's Facebook, WhatsApp and Instagram on uh, dedicated video. It's YouTube, MX Player, and Netflix. Not that we're ever going to get onto Netflix or likely to get on Netflix, but certainly YouTube is worth um, being on if you're interested in creating video content. In fact, if you're creating video content, I would create it for YouTube first and then other social media channels second. Um, these days, people are on multiple channels. So this table is about if you're on uh, Facebook, where would you be elsewhere? So Facebook users, 92% use YouTube, 74% use uh, Instagram, um, Reddit, there's only 17%, um, Snapchat, 29%, etc, etc. So if you're on a particular channel and want to know the cross usage of your channel by others, have a look and at this and you'll be able to see that this is useful from the perspective of if I post the same content on all my social media channels, what's the chances that a particular user will see my content exactly the same three different times. Now, it is worth noting as well that because of the relationship between Facebook and Instagram, liking posts on one or the other of those services, then can increase the chances of getting the same content in the other place. Why do people use social media? Um, so the first one there is stay up to date with current news and events. Um, the next one is to find out funny or um, entertaining content. So um, I guess as a researchers, you would argue that any content you create around your research would be news or current events. Um, but if you can relate your research to what others might consider news and current events, that will increase the chances of you being found. 
and then if you can make it funny or entertaining, again, you can be found. If you're after entertaining or content that might be entertaining, um, there are, if you jump on TikTok and search for science or research, lots of the TikTok activity is um, entertaining as well as educational, and they'll give you some useful ways of making your content more entertaining um, than it might otherwise be. And you can apply what you see on TikTok to pretty much any other social media platform in terms of the way it's presented. Um, so people use social media to research brands. Younger people tend to research brands using social media more so than older people. So if you are trying to get a younger audience and you're trying to associate with a brand then, or you can associate with a brand, do that. Just bear in mind that there are um, social media protocols, social media um, rules that your employer will expect of you. Um, so certain behaviors. So just be mindful of that before you go sprouting how strongly connected you are to your employer institution and how you use their name. Uh, so lots of people use social media for work between the younger you are, the, or not the younger, but older people tend to use it less for work. Obviously work might mean something different to older people, but you can see somewhere between high 30s and low 40s, people are using social media for work. So you could expect other researchers to be using social media for their research work, but you could also expect your potential industry partners to be looking for content related to their work on social media. Um, Facebook, uh, so this is the, how many people are on Facebook in total. Um, again, access to advertising, probably not that relevant. Um, skewed again towards male. For Instagram, it's much closer to 50-50%. Uh, obviously, fewer users, so you've got nearly double the number of users on Facebook compared to Instagram. Um, YouTube, so YouTube usage is a bit different, but you can see there's quite high 2 billion compared to 1 billion for Instagram and 2.8 for Facebook, so quite high usage. Um, Again, usage is skewed towards male. Um, number of hours of video watched on YouTube each day is 1 billion hours. I think that's a really irrelevant number, but it's certainly worth noting that lots of people watch on watch video on YouTube and that lots of people watch video on YouTube on their mobile. And to me, that means you need to think about where they might be when they have their mobile. You know, is that a public place? Does your YouTube content need subtitles? Does your YouTube content need to be silent? Uh, can it be something that they can show or share with people that are around them? How private does it need to be? Those kinds of things are worth considering when you're thinking about people using their mobile. I've already showed you LinkedIn that is Twitter is a much smaller audience in the millions, in the hundreds of millions, but still only in the millions and very much skewed um, towards males. For those of you that are interested in TikTok, you can see it's already overtaken Twitter in number of active daily users. Uh, one of the useful things about TikTok is you don't need an account to access the content. You need an account to create content, but you don't need an account to access the content. Uh, and you can see the distribution is relatively equal between males and females. Um, how people discover brands. So if you want to think of yourself as a brand, um, 
uh, search engines is the most popular. So if you can't be found using Google, then you need to do a thing called create um, um, search engine optimization. Certainly you want to create a situation where your name is quite easy to find using a search engine. So being, a, being on social media as your name or consistently as the same name, if you use a uh, pseudonym, um, then that makes it easier for people to find you. Um, people research products online. So that's another reason to you know, talk about products and services that you use as a researcher, as a way of increasing engagement. Um, so how people look for stuff, lots of people look up their, their brand's website. So that might be the equivalent of your website, um, watched a video by the brand, et cetera. So it's just useful to know that people, the brand related content that they're doing. And in this context, you might consider yourself as a brand, not just the, your employer as the brand. Uh, now looking more closely at Australia, you can see large number of us own any type of mobile phone, a large number of us own specifically a smartphone, um, a small number of us own a non-smartphone, computers, et cetera. So then this again relates to how we might find content or social media content in particular. Um, how much time do we spend on um, media in general? So the internet is there six hours, um, television and streaming is three hours, social media is a, nearly two hours. So we spend a lot of time on social media relative to the time that we're, we're awake, I think anyway. Uh, internet use, large number of us use the internet. So again, you're going to reach a relatively large audience. Websites accessed, Google, YouTube, Wikipedia, Facebook are the top uh, five in Australia. So it's worth noting, again, being findable on Google, findable on YouTube. And for those of you that are lucky enough to have content that is Wikipedia worthy, um, being findable on Wikipedia. I know a number of researchers who have had their publications will make sure that their content is available on Wikipedia to find the page and make sure that their journals are referenced, not necessarily a page that's directly about them, but if you, for example, are interested in a certain signaling pathway and that signaling pathway has a page on YouTube, on uh, Wikipedia, then going and you know, becoming a Wikipedia author is relatively easy to do. You create an account, you can start editing, um, and I would upload the, your papers in the correct locations for that content. That can uh, help you be found as well. Uh, Google search queries, uh, if you're in weather research, maybe you'll have a good chance of getting lots of that. If you're doing news that, you know, if you've come up in the news, that might be useful as well. Um, coronavirus obviously was big last year, so that's why it appears here. And then trying to find things. Um, if you can join various trends in Australia, Kmart is very popular at the moment. There are lots of Kmart hacks and channels, et cetera. So if you can somehow relate your content to that, you probably increase the um, chances of being found as well. So again, this is useful to know, not because you're gonna go and land your content on the Kmart page, but if you can create content that relates to these popular searches, then you're more likely to be set found by certain parts of the population. And that might be useful to you. Uh, what do people do online? Watching videos is the most popular things. Watching vlogs, um, not that popular compared to other ideas. So again, we already talked about in a worldwide, 
that having videos and podcasts is useful. And you can see that the same is true for Australian specific content. Um, uh, advertising audience for Australia, all social media. So again, you can see the age group 25 to 34 is the most popular. Um, so mo a large proportion of the um, population is visiting social media or web-based services. So again, you're going to reach a large audience. What's most popular in Australia? YouTube and Facebook are pretty even. Um, like I said, messengers in there as well, Instagram, then Twitter, then Snapchat. So LinkedIn in Australia is higher than, um, than TikTok, it looks like. I wonder whether that it, oh, it is higher than TikTok at the moment. Um, and Pinterest is up there as well. Pinterest recently has had a bit of a resurgence too. So again, if that's something that if your research has lots of images, then creating a Pinterest page might be something useful for you. Um, video streaming and social media apps, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp are the top three in Australia. YouTube, Netflix, and Stan are the top three video streamings. Um, Australian Facebook audience is 16, mil 16 million. Um, so this is so one, a couple of the people on in terms of response to the question, what do you want to get out of this asked, I want more followers and I want more engagement. Um, so this is really telling to me that so the number of Facebook pages liked in a lifetime is one. So that means that most people on Facebook in Australia are only liking one Facebook page. Um, posts liked in the past 13 days, uh, sorry, in the past 30 days is 13, again, quite low. So when you think about your engagement, if you think about it in the context of the overall channel engagement, um, that might make you feel happier about the kind of engagement that you're getting. Uh, someone asked about the best time to post. So this is global data, not Australian data. It's essentially a heat map where low blue is low likelihood of engagement. Um, dark blue is higher likelihood of engagement. And you can see Monday through Friday in the middle of the day is, sorry, from nine o'clock through to midday is the most popular. So if you're wondering where to start in terms of posting, for Facebook, for a global audience, weekdays in the middle of the day or in, in the early after, early early middle of the day. Moving on to Instagram, so you can see, as we already said, a smaller audience, more females in Australia than males. When should you post on Instagram? So you can see much tighter um, uh, engagement profile compared to Facebook globally uh, and sprout social is us based so these times are probably in us time you can see the middle of the day again monday through friday sorry i keep saying the middle of the day but i mean the middle of the the um chart so nine o'clock through midday maybe a little bit later maybe as late as two or three LinkedIn, so similar kind of heat map again, Monday through Friday, better than Saturday and Sunday, eight o'clock through midday, maybe a bit later 
is better. And you can see overall the LinkedIn engagement is a little bit more spread out and doesn't get as quite as high intensity as Facebook or Instagram. And also it looks like to me that there's engagement, much more engagement later in the day on LinkedIn, or it continues later into the day on LinkedIn, which might represent its more acceptance as a work-related social media site compared to Facebook or Instagram. So this is Twitter, 2.9 million users in Australia. Uh, again, very much skewed towards male. Um, and again, in, in, these are the engagement times. So probably not as weekday heavy as the other three, but nonetheless still weekday heavy and still skewed towards that nine through 12 or one. And you can see Wednesday has strong Twitter engagement globally. All right, that's a lot to get through in a very quick time uh, about the data. Are there any questions about the data that people have? Nope, all right. If you've got one, feel free to type it in and I will answer it. So the other major question that people had was how do I post content and but not have to be on my device all of the time? So there are multiple, multiple, multiple uh, scheduling tools out there. These ones here, this is not an ad for them. I'm not getting paid by them. And I've only used one of them, which is Hootsuite. These are all paid services in some way. So you pay somewhere between 10 and $30 a month, and they will allow you to set up multiple social media accounts. So from the Hootsuite report, on average, people have about seven social media accounts, which might be multiple on the same channel, multiple on different channels, or a combination of the two. Um, so if you have that many accounts, you might expect to pay and you want to manage seven different accounts, you might expect to pay somewhere between 30 and $100 a month to manage all seven of those accounts using one of these services. Um, most of them cover the popular ones, so LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I haven't seen many that specifically talk about TikTok. I think that represents the newness of TikTok. Uh, and not many of them talk about posting content to YouTube. Uh, they allow you to do scheduling. So scheduling can be done within their calendar, or you can do in some of them, um, you can create a Excel spreadsheet, for example, and then upload it. But that is one of the easiest ways to be able to schedule content um, that can go out at a specific time of day uh, and that can be potentially useful for you or for the, you know, the followers that you're trying to engage. So I'm sure a lot of you are thinking, I can't afford any of that, and you're in luck. There are some free, free ones that you can use. So TweetDeck uh, is specifically for Twitter and allows you to schedule posts and is free. Facebook also has a scheduling tool for any of the posts that you make, and obviously that is free. Uh, later has uh, a free scheduling component. Now, obviously for TweetDeck and for Facebook, you're only limited to Twitter and Facebook, but you can use multiple accounts for the scheduling. For later, they have a free and a paid version and they limit you um, in different ways. So they'll limit you in the number of different social accounts that you can have. So up to three, I think later has. And Buffer is also free. It also has a limit on, I think, three social media accounts. And I think it's up to five different posts scheduled to go out. 
all of them allow you to schedule a different kind of post for different social media channels. So you don't have to send out the same post everywhere. Um, and obviously that any post that you create will fit within the rules of that channel. So in terms of images, there'll be the right size um, and you'll need to upload the correct size, but it will tell you when it can't do that. In terms of number of characters, it'll tell you that you're over, et cetera, et cetera. Has anyone used any scheduling tools before? Yes, no, maybe, cool. The next most common question is knowing what to post. And so I've created a few different blogs that can help with this. So this one, this blog I created, which is about journal article ideas. And so all of this is um, in, <clears throat> on my blog. Um, and I've just posted that into the chat if you want to click on that and have a look. So I would highly recommend that you have a look at this and think about this as a way to post about journal articles. So the blog itself focused on an article that you might have written, but I think you can use any of these ideas for an article that someone else might have written. Uh, if you're thinking about images to go with your article ideas, these are options. So things like screenshots or photos. Uh, and again, this was created in the context of an article that you might publish, but also think about, you know, how you might do this in the context of an article someone else might publish. If I think about how I might post using this approach, um, number 10, 11, and 12, so in excitement, or sorry, 9, 10, 11, and 12, when we're talking about excitement or celebration, you might post about how finally you found an article that helps answer a question that you've had for ages or an article that talks about a method that you think you should be using but never really got to. So definitely consider this. People love to be pumped up on social media. I'm sure if you got pumped up or you've been pumped up previously, it's always lovely to have that. That kind of activity increases your engagement, increases your followers, particularly when you tag other people and help them out with problems that they might be facing. So these are, article, these are ideas about uh, promoting your journal articles or reading content that you might have um, come across in your research. Uh, you could also post about your research day. So uh, like I already said, you can talk about what you've read, what experiments you've performed, what you've learned. So there's some really good um, people on social media. Um, Rhiannon Morrison, I think her name is, is really good on Twitter and Instagram about her day and her struggles. If you haven't already followed her, go and do that. If you wanted, and I would follow her one because her content is useful, but also if you copy the way she posts, you'll find you'll get um, it's a really nice social media channel out of that. And I imagine a good following as a result of um, copying her approach. Um, to the extent that you're happy to share what you found, you can do that. Obviously there are IP, um, issues to consider there. Um, same with who you spoke to. You might want to respect someone else's privacy, but you could talk about a chat that you've had or what you've po posted about. I've seen researchers talk about their usual day and what it looks like. Lots of people are interested in that, particularly non-researchers who have no idea what a research day looks like. Struggles with experiments and reading and tips on those kinds of things do really well as well. Um, 
So yeah, if I'd love to know if you want to type in the chat, if you've tried any of these approaches and what's worked for you or what you found really hasn't worked for you or what might have gone bad for you as well. Um, if you want to, inc so people talked about how do I know what content to post? So those are some ideas on content. People also talked about how do I increase engagement? So the first thing to do is tag people. So, you know, if we think about a post that is of talking about a research article, do the authors have their handles as part of the research article and can you tag them and tell them how awesome their article was? Or if you're talking about your own paper, tag other authors, tag the co-authors as well and tell them how awesome their contribution was to the paper. There's lots of data out there that basic that suggests that art, um, articles that get tweeted get more downloads, that articles with more authors get um, more tweets, more citations, etc. So one of the ways that you can increase potentially artificially, quote unquote, increase the number of authors is to tag people who might be interested in your article, either because they actually are authors or because you cited them. Uh, that's a really good one as well. Telling people that you cited them via um, your preferred social media channel is a really useful way of telling them that you really like their content. Tagging places. So, um, you know, if you're at a particular university, tagging your campus is a really useful way of increasing your following. You can also look for people who are tagging the places that you hang out at and you could potentially meet new people that are very local to you. Um, tagging specific content. So um, you might find that the content that you like has a particular hashtag associated with it or there's a particular meme or you always post about a particular um, piece or uh, type of thing. Um, and then obviously there are hashtags as well. So you can get on trends that might be um, related to your work. You can create a hashtag for all the content that you create. Um, so they're useful as well, ways of increasing your social media um, engagement and um, likes and followers. Like I said, share other people's content as well. Um, and then finally, one of the things that um, people say is I don't know what to post. So, you know, obviously I've given you a list, but also what I find people do is they think of good ideas and they don't want to be tied to their phone. So one of the best ways you can do this is to prepare. So um, have a list or have a, I have a, a social media ideas um, OneNote folder. So if I think about something that I want to post, I put it into OneNote. Um, and I know that if I'm struggling for ideas, I can go to my OneNote, pull out something from there and I'll be happy with it, copy it and paste it into my platform of choice and away I go. The next is to have a social media strategy. So, you know, you could potentially plan out the entire year. I've been to social media um, programs where they say you could pretty much have a piece of content every day that talks to things like Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas, Easter, New Year, um, special holidays, etc. And that's a useful way of engaging people, particularly if you have a, um, you know, a focus yourself of a particular religion and you want to engage other people of that religion, or if you live in a certain place and you want to engage people that also live in that place. Um, so that's a useful way of having um, uh, create getting followers. But other than that, let's say um, it's grant writing time. So you might post relating to tips about writing grants or struggles that you're having with writing grants. That's another way of preparing a strategy as well. Same with publications that you might put out there. Um, if you know you're going to be publishing something or you know that your, um, your article is coming out soon, then you might create 
in advance a bunch of posts that help that. Um, and obviously know who you want to tag. So um, if you want someone to follow you, find out what they're doing. So what's their handle, obviously, but then what are the hashtags that they're using? Who are they engaging with? And if you know those things, then when you create a post that might relate to any of those things, you can slip them in, you can tag them as a way of potentially engaging them. And I've seen all of these different strategies work for growing followers and maintaining engagement on your um, social media feed. Uh, are there any questions or comments about all of that? No, no problem. Um, that's everything that I wanted to cover. If you're interested in working with me or learning about other things that I do or um, developing your own social media um, strategy, uh, I'd love if you connected with me and um, engaged in one of my programs. So the one that might be most relatable is this social media one. It goes for 12 weeks. We go through creating content. We'll go through posting content. Uh, we'll go through choosing a channel. If you're interested in that, check the box in the poll. That'd be great um, from my perspective. Um, if you're interested in an audit, I can do that for you as well. Have a look at the content you've created uh, and we can go through how you might um, create, improve your content, improve your engagement, etc. cetera. Um, I also do group coaching. Uh, if you are asking for stuff from me, be mindful just to check your trash or your spam content or some of my emails might end up there. So please, if you say, send me some information or add me to your newsletter, um, which I've seen a couple of people have put that in already. Um, I appreciate that. And I uh, just check your spam to make sure that you're getting it um, as well. I do, do use for most of these things, a double opt-in process. So you might find stuff moves around. Um, in terms of what coming up next, uh, next week, I've got an Ask Me Anything event. The focus is going to be social media. So if you think you might need some more help and you're happy to ask questions or send a question through, come to that. Uh, it's free like this one. It'll run exactly the same as this one, except there won't be a presentation. It'll just be us chatting about your social media. Come to that. They're not, they are recorded, but depending on um, participants, they haven't been posted uh, up as much as my other um, workshops. In terms of the future, if you like LinkedIn, that's what we're going to be focusing on in a couple of weeks' time. So if LinkedIn is your preferred um, social media platform, then head there. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Thanks very much for your time. If you're not connected with me already, please do. Uh, I'd love if you do that. I'm always keen to engage with people who attend my workshops. I appreciate your time. Hope you have a great day. And I hope you got something out of this. If you're watching this or listening, like, subscribe, share. If you enjoyed this and you want to somehow repay me for it, uh, then sharing, commenting, telling other people how good it was is one of the best things that you can do for me. Thanks, everyone. Bye.